Let your spirit be with us. Thy spirit be in me.
Let the church say amen. From the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. Chapter 40. Isaiah. <clears throat> chapter 40. Now would that you would consider with me. Verse 29. These are the words you find there. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. He gives power to the faint and to them that hath no might. He increases strength. I want, just for a few minutes this morning, I want to talk about finding the strength to overcome. Finding the strength to overcome. <clears throat> the book of Isaiah is the first among 17 prophetic books of the Old Testament. The book, Isaiah, is named for its writer, Isaiah. Isaiah, who after seeing the Lord for himself, offered himself up to be used by God in his service. You hear him saying, here am I. Send me. I'll go. <clears throat> but as you study, as you study this particular prophet Isaiah, you will find that Isaiah does not fit the mold of most of the prophets portrayed in the Bible. His work and his mission was no different than any of the other prophets. But when you began to study his life, you will find that he does not fit in the mold of the profile that we normally have for Bible prophets. We often see prophets, we often see prophets as socially and poorly dressed. We see them struggling socially. We see them almost down to their last pair of sandals. And it just seems like most of the time that was a lot of a prophet always struggling. But not so with Isaiah. Isaiah was the most highly educated of the prophets. He was both intelligent and articulate in everything that he wrote. With the exception of Daniel, he occupied the most influential position of all the other prophets. He was called to minister in a place of high visibility and 
in a place of dignity. He wasn't like the rest of the prophets. We could see, we, we, we could safely say that Isaiah was born on the right side of the track. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Yet, like most of the other prophets, he lived a sadly misunderstood life. And my brothers and my sisters, greatness is often followed by misunderstanding. Greatness does something to your very existence, throws people into a quandary. Who does he think he is? Who does she think she is? As I study the life of Isaiah, I wonder sometimes why he is not used more often in the prosperity movement. In this age of prosperity preaching, Isaiah, Isaiah would be a, 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 a good fit for prosperity preaching. But the more I study him, the more I study him, the more I understand him, the more I study it, the more I understand that Isaiah really would not fit as a Bible prosperity movement. He would not fit because although he had health, although he had wealth, although he had influence, health, wealth, and influence was not his major focus. Are y'all hearing me? His focus was not showing folk how to get rich. His focus was to get people to listen to the voice of God. Now, please don't, mis don't, don't misread me. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. That There's absolutely nothing wrong with prosperity. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the prosperity. Isaiah had prosperity. There's nothing wrong with having power and influence. Isaiah had power and he had influence. But in spite of all that he had going for him, he never lost sight of his calling. He was able to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's where we lose it sometimes. We, we, we sometimes can't keep the main thing. The main thing. Oh, what a disservice. What a disservice we do to a dying world when we show them the way to wealth and influence and fail to tell them what thus saith the Lord. What a shame to lead one to economic empowerment while leaving them spiritually destitute. What a shame to teach folk to name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, call it and haul it, and never talk to them about the source of it. That every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Isaiah's heart and his passion was that the people of God would hear and heed the voice of God. But one of his greatest obstacles, one of his greatest ob obstacles was the timing of his call. You see, he was called during a time 
that Judah seemed to be at his, its best. He was called to represent God in an economy that was good. Are y'all hearing me? At least it was good for the rich. He was called to minister during a time when the stock market was up for powerful folk. And all of the economic indicators were pointing in the right direction. That's the time that he was called. And my brothers and my sisters, it is during the times of affluence and times of plenty that you get a true sense of just how committed folk are to God. Are y'all hearing me? You see, it's one thing to hear somebody sitting under a bridge with no place to call home singing, if it wasn't for the Lord, what would I do? But will they sing that same song once they're out under the bridge? Once they're in a house somewhere, once God blesses them with wealth, will they still sing, if it wasn't for the Lord, what would I do? But not only did the success and the affluence caused people to drift away from God. These people during that time, they were given to idolatry. They turned their back on the one true God and brought them and, and, and that, that, that the God, that, that one God that brought them to success and brought them plenty and they became infatuated with this polytheistic way that the pagans had. In other words, in other words, in their thinking, they came to the point where they say, well, if one God is good, then three got to be better. Are y'all hearing me? They came to the point where they said, well, if one or three gods are good, then, then, then four got to be better, and even 50 got to be better. Are y'all hearing me? So they ended up with a God for every occasion. But then they had another issue. The other issue that they had during that time was their wealth and their affluence. Somehow their wealth and their affluence led them to lack compassion. It led them to a point where they didn't care about those folk who didn't have what they had. Are y'all hearing me? Somehow, people who have accumulated much have to be careful lest they forget about those who have little. The cries of the poor and deserted are often ignored in the courts of the powerful. The plea of the hungry is often not acknowledged by those who eat at banquet tables. Picture that we can see vividly right now. Let me show it to you. A picture we can see vividly right now where a Congress that is made up of millionaires. Are y'all hearing me? And many of them claim to be Christian. And they are stalled right now over a vote whether or not to increase the minimum wage to a living wage. You see how out of touch you can get? Just because you are blessed. So Isaiah's message, so his message is to these folk, 
He says, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that although they have everything that money could buy, Isaiah says, you are still poor. The real word is poor, but let's say it like we can understand it. You got everything, but you're still poor. Now, please don't misread Isaiah's word. Don't misread. He's not indicating. He's not indicating. He's not indicting them, my brother. He's not indicting them for having much. He is indicting them for caring little. Got to get this now. See, the rich man in Luke 16 lifted his eyes up in hell, not because of what he had, but because he didn't know how to share what he had. Y'all hearing me? In the parable of Luke 12, the man didn't get his soul snatched away from him because he had a bountiful crop. He, he had his soul snatched away because he didn't have a plan that included helping somebody. But it was these attitudes, these attitudes among the people of God that led Isaiah, that led Isaiah, God's prophet, to speak out against him. It was this attitude that caused the preacher to stand up and say something about it. I don't understand why more preachers can't stand up in times like these. When, when right is yielding to might, in times like these, when poor people are being trampled, I can't understand why more of God's prophets can't stand up and speak against what's going on. Read chapter 5 of Isaiah. Chapter 5, if you go back and read that, study that in your time, it is a chapter of warnings. It's a chapter of warnings. Woe to them. Woe to You see it time and time again. Woe to them. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. Y'all know these folk? Woe to them that put darkness for light and light for darkness. Woe to them that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to folk who come up with alternative truth. Y'all ain't hearing me. Paraphrase. Woe to those who have become so obsessed with the blessings from God that they have no regards for the work of God's hand. But look at the results of this evil. Look at the results of this evil. Chapter 5, verse 1 said, Therefore, my people will go into exile for lack of understanding. Are y'all hearing me? It says, Their men of rank will die of hunger, and their masses will be parched with thirst. Now that was prophecy, that was prophecy and, 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 and because it was prophecy, true prophecy, it all happened just like Isaiah said. Over time, even while Isaiah was still prophesying, even while he was still on the job, things started falling apart. While he still prophesied, the economy went bad and, and the affluent had their riches stripped away from them, the mark the stock market started doing crazy stuff. And all at once, they are now living like paupers. They are despised of men. But even in the midst of their suffering, and here's where I want to get to. Even in the midst of this suffering nation, even in the midst 
of impending doom, God's grace peeks through. Although the people are down, although the people are out, look like they have been abandoned by God, it's almost as if God says to his prophet, I've got their attention now. It's almost like God says, I got their attention now. This is a teachable moment. And he starts chapter 40, yeah, saying, now I, I want you now to go and comfort those same folks. Starts out chapter four, four, four by saying, they're listening to me now. I got their attention now. Now I want you to go and comfort my people. Isn't it amazing that even after we have messed up, God is still concerned with our comfort. Isn't it amazing? Even as the world seems to have moved Further and further away from him, God is still concerned about the comfort of his people. Here's where I want to get to. Because I believe that God is speaking to his people out of the midst of all the chaos that we're covered in right now. I believe God is speaking in the midst of all the trouble that is surrounding us right now. And trouble is all around. Every news cycle brings something else. Never know what's going to happen next. But God, through his prophet, reminds us to draw from what we already know. Now that sounds deep, but it really ain't that deep. In times of trouble, if you can just think back on what you already know, Oh, sometimes I know it's good to hear a fresh word, but sometimes God's already done enough stuff. Are y'all hearing me? It's good to hear it fresh, but every now and then you need to go back and you ought to draw from what you already know. That's what he said. Tell them, hast thou not known? It's right there in the book. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? The everlasting God. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He fainteth not. I'm drawing from what I already know. Fainteth not, neither is he. We are, oh, my brothers and sisters, in these trying times, if we can just draw from what we already know about God. Are y'all hearing me? If we can just draw from what he's already done. I wonder if I got a witness here. He's already made a way. Oh, y'all, let's let talk about what he already, he's already healed my body. Talk about what he's already done. He already put food on my table. Had thou not known? Had thou not heard? But then Isaiah does this thing in three different moves. First, he points out to us while you're struggling, while you're worried, let me point out to you an unwearied God. Oh, y'all, here's right there, right there in the book. He says, uh, let me show you something. God ain't weary. Somebody want to shout. That's a good place right there. God is not weary. Oh, we might get tired and weary and faint along the way, but let me tell you something. God never gets weary. 
Are y'all hearing me? Let me say it another way. You can't wear God down. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? You, you can't wear him down. You can talk to him 24-7. You can't wear God down. Isaiah said it like this. He says, uh, he fainteth not. It's right there in the book. He fainteth not, neither is he weary. What's the difference? You see, you and I, we faint. We get weary. And the reason why we get weary is because we're always conscious of the fact that you and I are on the clock. Y'all ain't hearing me. We are working in time and we know that we don't have but just so much time to work. But the difference is God has got eternity on his side. Y'all ain't hearing me. We got to get it done by Friday, but God ain't got to do nothing by Friday. God is never, God is never pressed for time. You see, you and I, we are working with limited strength. Are y'all hearing me? We are working with limited strength. We wear ourselves down physically, but God never wearies. Why? Because he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He does not get weary. But second, Isaiah points to a wearied man. Now get this. Get the picture now. He wants to point out an unwearied God. But then he begins to show you a wearied man. Are y'all hearing me? He says even the youth shall grow weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Y'all hearing me? In other words, you got an unweary God, you got a weary man, you can't win a battle against God. Y'all ain't hearing me. You can't win a battle with God because, first of all, God can wait you out. <laughs> I just said something right there. That's why you can't win. Because God, he, he can wait you out. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can't argue with him. You can't battle with him. Yeah, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But look at you. How much have you changed in the last 40 years? He, he'll just wait you out. But then here, here's our hope. Here's where I want to get to that third move. First move is an unwearied God. The second move is a wearied man, but the third move is an unwearied God pouring into a wearied man. Y'all ain't hearing me. An unwearied God pouring, pouring into a wearied man what the wearied man needs to make it. If you want to shout, this is going to be the place right here. This is the place right Yeah, it shows a picture of a God who does not weary. Pouring into a man that gets wearied every, are y'all hearing me? I, I wonder, yeah, here it is right here. He gives power. <laughs> 
He gives power to the faint. Somebody ought to shout. He gives power to the faint and to them that had no might. Guess what he does? He increases. I wonder if I got one witness up in here. You thought you were on your way down. You thought you were on it, but right at the last moment, he gives power to the faint. He increased. You thought you wasn't going to make it. Huh? Oh, there's a witness in the house that just when I need him most, I know I got at least one witness in the house. Just when I need him the most. Yeah, when my mind is trying to make me give up. When, when my strength begins to fail. Just when I need him most. He gives power. To the faint. To them that has no might. He increases strength. Are y'all here? You ever been to a place where you thought you couldn't make it? You ever been to the place where you just felt like throwing up your hand and just, are y'all hearing? But some way and somehow God renewed your strength. Are y'all hearing me? When, when you couldn't make it on your own, he showed up. Are y'all hearing me? He, yeah, the old folks said it like this. He propped me up <laughs> on every leaning. Anybody ever had a leaning side? He'll prop you up. Every leaning side. Good news today. God will always come to the aid of his children. I say he will always come to the aid of his children. Let me say it another way. 100% of the time, God will come to the rescue. He will show up. I know I got a witness here. He'll show up in your home. He'll show up in your finances. He'll show up on your job. He'll show up in every situation. He will show up. There's just one catch. Just one catch. <laughs> You're ahead of me there, boy. <laughs> one catch. You got to wait on it. They. <laughs> oh, y'all come on go. They that wait. It's right there in the book. They that wait. Upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength according to what the book says. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Oh, my brothers uh, and my sisters, uh, the only catch is uh, you got to learn how to wait on the law. Somebody said it like this. You can't hurry God. No, no. You just got to wait. You got to trust him. And you got to give him time, no matter how long it takes. He's a God that you can't hurry. He'll be there, don't you worry. He may not come when you want him, 
But he's always right on time. They that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. Are y'all hearing me? You gotta learn how to wait on the Lord. But wait a minute. Yeah, I ain't talking about wait like we know waiting. Yeah, I ain't talking about wait. Yeah, sitting around looking for God to show up. This is a different kind of wait. This is the kind of wait yeah, that you see in a restaurant. Yeah. When the person walks up to you, yeah, your waiter, yeah, and says, may I serve you? That's the kind of waiting uh, that I'm talking about. Yeah. Everybody, uh, you ought to wake up every morning uh, and look toward heaven uh, and say, may I serve you? Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all to look to the God of your salvation. Y'all not always be asking God to give me something else. Every now and then, y'all to look toward heaven and say, may I serve you? Y'all ain't hearing me. And the reason why I tell you you ought to serve him and serve him right because he's a big tipper. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say if you serve him and you serve him right, God is a big tipper. Yeah. Let me take it right out of the book. If you serve him and serve him just right, he will renew your strength. If you serve him and serve him just right, he'll let you soar above your enemies. Yeah. Are y'all hearing me? On the wings of eagles. If you serve him just right, he'll let you run and not get weary. He'll let you walk and not faint. Yes, Jesus came to be our example, to show us how to serve. Paul says he took on the form of a servant. Are y'all hearing me? Made in the likeness of men. But it goes on to say that he humbled himself and became obedient. I'm talking about a servant. Obedient even on the death on the cross. Yes, he was serving when he suffered just for me. He bled just for me. He died just for me. But I thank God he got up just for me. And I don't know about anybody else, but I've made up my mind that I will save him till I die. Yeah, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promise him that I would serve him until I die. Yes, yes. Wait on the Lord and be of 
Elijah, he will. One of I got a witness here. He will. He'll strengthen. Yes. He will strengthen thine heart. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm talking to those who feel like you're about to fall out. I'm talking to those who feel like throwing your hands up, who, who don't see a way right now. I'm talking to you right now. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. My brothers and my sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. And if we're ever going to come through what we're going through right now, it's going to take, it's going to take the word of the living God. Word of God has been preached on today and we come to encourage somebody whether they be in the sanctuary under the sound of my voice or whether they be in the world virtually, wherever you are, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car, that we serve a God who will renew your strength if you feel like you are about to faint. That I, I, I'm truly believing that it was Isaiah who caught, land, uh, he caught the wind of the psalmist who said, wait on the Lord. And be of good courage. And he will strengthen thy heart. Then the psalmist got happy and said, wait, I say, <laughs> on the Lord. And wherever you are, wherever you want to be, just, just wait on the Lord. Serve him until you die. And he will renew your strength. He will brighten your day. He will turn your morning into dancing. Is there anybody here who knows we serve a God who will lift you up from where you are and he will put you in the place to say. The Bible simply says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And whoever you are, wherever you are, God is in the saving business. And I'm so grateful that it is what we celebrate in this country as Black History Month because God loves everything about you. God loves your blackness. God loves your kinky hair. God loves everything about you because he made you like that. And we thank God that he is a God who will save us from where we are. Let us pray. Lord, we come thanking you. That in the midst of our struggles, that in the midst of our sorrows, that even sometimes in the midst of our sadness, that we come to let somebody know that there is still hope. That like in Isaiah's day, they were on their way to a, a slavery that was bondage, but Isaiah said, you still got hope. Have 
Thou not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, that the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainted not, neither is he weary. And there is no searching of his understanding. Lord, I thank you that when I was down, you told me that I'm still the God that is above you. That when I needed power, you poured into me power, Lord. There's somebody right now that needs you, needs you in their sickness, needs you in their sadness, needs you in their pain. And God, we want you to come and rescue them right now through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're so glad that he died but he ain't dead. We're so glad that he lived a, a sinless life on our behalf. We thank you for Jesus the Christ. But not only did he live and not only did he die right now, that same Jesus is praying for you and for me. That same Jesus is whispering into the ear of the Father saying, if you just let them, they can be mine. Lord, I'm so glad that you are mine and I am yours. And Lord, I need you to call somebody to yourself right now, Lord. Somebody who is weary. Somebody who is sad. And turn that morning into dancing. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we want to ask a special prayer right now for Reverend Dr. Richard B. Haynes. Lord, strengthen him where he is weak. Lift him up on every leaning side. Be the post that he needs to lean on, Lord. And every Sunday, pour into him even the more that we can receive your word and go on and say, Lord, I can live on because I got you in my life. Lord, we thank you for... These are people, the Salem Missionary Baptist Church. But Lord, we also thank you for the church universal. Lord, we also thank you for those who are on the outside because you are a God that can bring them on the inside. And Lord, with your power and with your authority, we now yield this prayer unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask for or think, Lord, to the only wise God be glory let it be majesty dominion and power both now and forever and we say amen and amen I never knew my father and a whole lot of things that I, I can't do that he did. I think about him all the time, but I never knew him to finish preaching. And you all will understand why I'm like I am. Never knew him to go home without singing, Jesus keep me near the cross. That was just what he did. Every Sunday we heard that. And I know y'all might get tired of it. <laughs> But, but I, I, I'm just so cut like that until we just almost got to sing at least one verse. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Come now. Y'all sing with me. Jesus, keep me near the cross. 
say amen. Let the church say amen. We thank God for his word today. We thank God for his precious spirit that is always in our midst. Just in the way of information, I want to solicit your prayers for the Eason family, Reverend uh, Julius Eason and Sister Eason. I had one of their sons, Marcus, to go home to be with the Lord. And I, I just want us to hold them up. Just continue to pray for them as they go through this. He passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly. And um, I just want us to just be in prayer with them that God will do what only he can do. And that during this season, he will prop them on every leaning side. This is that time when we need him to give power to the faint and to them that have no might. We need him right now to increase his strength. Also, in prayer for Brother Sam Brown, Brother Sam Brown, who had a brother, Donald, who went home to be with the Lord also. So I want to keep him lifted up as he goes through this period uh, that all of us have to face at some time or another. But let's just continue to pray. We continue to pray for those who are sick among us, those family members. Reverend Pitts, let's call the name of her mother. Her mother uh, has been hospitalized, but she seems better. But we don't stop because things get better. We keep right on praying. So we can continue to pray for Mother Pitts and uh, that God will continue to heal and that he will deliver. Uh, let me present to you our child of the month, our child for the month, uh, for the month, and uh, our youth for the month. Our child of the month uh, is uh, Emma Alexander Faith Kirksey. <laughs> Got a long name. Amen. Y'all bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. We thank God. We thank God for Emma. We thank God for her faithfulness. We thank God for how she continually continually represents God and represents him well. And for all the help she is around here, we congratulate you today, uh, Emma. Our Youth of the Month 
is Layla Greenwood. Layla, amen. Y'all thank God. Thank God for Layla. And thank God for your example and your hard work and for the wonderful example you are to young people and everybody around. Just thank you so much for being who you are. We have some things that we have for you and we'll make sure that you both uh, will get those gifts from us. Today is the day. It's a special day in the life of our family. It was on this day 33 years ago, on February 7th, that I stood here for the first time uh, as the pastor never to leave no more. <laughs> it was on the seventh day of February, on a Sunday morning, that I stood here. And the reason why I can, and I remember that so well is because it was Sheena's birthday. <laughs> And we started here on Sheena's birthday. Now, the last time I said that on a Sunday, I, I told you what year it was. And Sheena sort of got on me. She said, Daddy, you told them what year it was, and then you told them how old I was. <laughs> so in a roundabout way, you're telling the folk how old I am. So I ain't going into all of that. <laughs> Just know it was on February 7th. And... Uh, <laughs> that we came here all those years ago, 33 years ago. We thank God. Thank God for all of that time. Now, I didn't tell how old she was, right? Amen. Let the record show. Again, God bless you. So wonderful to have everybody in the house. And when I say everybody, don't y'all get confused. It ain't no everybody. <laughs> but I do thank God for those who are here to assist in worship. Those who do, those, those who are here to do all that we can to make this possible. To those at home, thank you so much for just being so faithful. Thank you. We're learning virtual church. We thank you for just being faithful in your stewardship. We've got some wonderful news that we're going to be sharing probably next Sunday, but I, I want to share it with all of us at the same time. But God is good. God is good to us, and he's shown his mercy. God bless you. And God keep you is our prayer. God be with you till we meet again. Reverend Samuel, thank you so much. Thank you for your help today. God be with you.
now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore, let us all say. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.